Psychedelics is their use for therapy and the quest of spirituality. Today is joining me my good friend Andrea that we met in college at Culinary Institute of America. How are you today? Good, good. Seems like ages ago now. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking about this, like we're getting ready for the show, which is very, my co-host Maria is going to be like, of course, when I'm not there and this time around, because we never start on time, something happens and we were just talking, getting ready for the show. <laughs> And it's been a while. Actually, the last time we were just talking about how the last time we spoke, we all, we keep in touch, which is great. No matter how much time goes by, we just message each other. You'll be like, I, think yeah. it, I was thinking about you. And um was the hurricane I was running from <laughs> from Florida to New York, and I stopped in Georgia to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah, that was really awesome. I, mean, I can't believe it was that long since I've seen you, though. Kind of crazy. But, yeah, really we've known is, each um, other, I believe, for eight years now, I think it's been. Has it been that long already? I didn't even realize that. I'm talking to you about the hurricane <laughs> now. It's like we've known each other for X amount of years now. Wow. Yeah. That, that shows, like, our friendship. Like, it, no matter how far people go and how much time goes by, we pick back up, and it's just, like, nothing, nothing – because nothing bad happens. It's just that's good friendship. Yeah, no, we've definitely stayed in touch this whole time. That's perfect. But what else was I going to say? I remember that hurricane, though, when I was sitting in my apartment. And you know how they have all the lines, like, predicting? You remember that? Yeah. And I remember one day I was like, I don't know. Am I going to pack up and go home? Am I going to do it? And then the one day I saw the line go straight through St. Petersburg and Tampa. I'm like, yep, pack it up. <laughs> so I'm very grateful that you were there. I'm glad you got out of there in time. You too, you too. So today we're talking about your your quest through shamanism and shaman um, works, but I wanted to cover our little history first. Uh, Obviously, I was thinking about it today. I'm pretty sure, tell me if I'm wrong, when we met, I'm pretty sure I said, I feel like I've known you forever. Yeah, (laughs) you definitely did. I was thinking about that the other day because from the very moment we met, I we had so many conversations having to do with spirituality. And I mean, this isn't the first time that we've talked about it. I mean, we generally do. And it feels like our ideas about it have evolved. I mean, I know we're both come from Italian families. And so I think I'm pretty sure you said that you were too, but I know that I was brought up Catholic. And so it seems like we kind of did a little bit of a 180 there and evolved uh, as the years went on. But I know that you're, I think that you had said that your godfather was a big presence in you kind of changing your ideals about things at that time when I met you. And I think my uncle kind of did the same thing for me in a different way as well. 
That's um, that's what life. Well, I want to say now, so far for me, life has shown me a lot of things from what I did wrong, what I shouldn't do, how I should. Like I just, my mentality changed. But in that time when I met you, I was really big into the religion stuff. I was big into drumming, but I still accepted everyone for who they were, and I didn't mm-hmm. have that. Um, I honestly, like I talked about it in the episode before, I had this wall up, kind of like this is my religion and I respect everyone else's religion, and I still love you, you know, I love you as a friend, but now more so much, it's more about, like, I've taken down that wall, like, forget the wall, like, I, we're all human. Just open-minded about everyone. it. Yeah. yeah, and it's not just about this one spot, that's why I'm, like, I'm bringing people in from different um, paths and friends and experience to talk about, because I really never really got to ask you this whole quest and whatever, you know, want to share about, but I'm grateful for you being here too. No, I thank you for asking me to come on. I think it's really cool that you're doing this. And I feel like, like I had said, we've been talking about it for so long that it seems like this is just the next progression for you to be doing this and hosting a show like this. I think it's great. Thank you. I, uh, like I said before, I don't know if you follow the Facebook page. It's kind of still like growing, but I did a video today about just being happy. And don't worry about what people think and just do what you want to do. Don't make a decision because you're worried about other people. And I'm not, um, I was talking about the show and I keep listening to each episode as we go. I'm going, okay, critique it. It's not going to be perfect. And I thank you for that too. So I'm like, you know, it's just growing into something wherever it goes, it goes, but I'm having fun doing it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think just to go, with what you had said, I think that once you strip down everyone else's expectations or what they might be thinking or want for you, you start to live a life that's more honest and more fulfilling for yourself. Absolutely. So before we get any further, my question to start the show off for you is, you know, I guess I'll go back and forth with um, my past and, but it's really about the shaman part I'm interested in. How did it come, because I know you're very fluid with, you're very fluid and casual and spiritual, but I want to know how it all came about. Like, where was the big moment? Well, I think things definitely changed for me. I think I was maybe 20 at the time. Um, I had met these new friends, and they had opened my eyes up and taken me to a festival, (laughs) I think at that point, that was the first time that I had tried any psychedelics, and it just was extremely profound for me at the time, because it it strips away all these barriers, and you start to understand that we're connected in a different way, and it just gives you a whole new perspective on life. So I think from that point, that was my, you know, initial entryway into the whole um, psychedelic realm, but I think for me, what truly changed things was when, I think it was uh, 2015, 16, I I had just gotten, I became very kind of bitter, and I thought, you know, I didn't have as good of friends I had imagined I had, and I think, I believe in a mind-body connection, so I feel like that is what ended up um, making me sick. I was... Um, I just spent so much money at the doctors and they had thought I had a mixture of uh, rheumatic diseases and I just was having so much trouble getting out of bed. And it just so happened that uh, I came across a book that was 
of Friends, and that was the um, I think it was, it was Rick Strassman's book, and so he was talking about DMT, the spirit molecule, and I started reading as many books as I could possibly get my hands on about these ideals, and through that I was looking for alternative medicines, which led me to Peru and my ayahuasca adventures. And I think since then I've grown so much more interested in the ideas that psychedelics have a greater purpose and can actually help heal us both mentally and physically. And I think it just changed, yeah, just changed everything. That's really, really good. I've never personally experienced that, but we were talking about it before. I want to get to it later about the third eye. Um, And where did you, you, you traveled to like Brazil and Peru and all that other stuff, right? Uh, Peru, yeah. When I was, as far as the psychedelics go, I was traveling in Peru when um, when I experienced the ayahuasca. But I've been all over so the place, and even last year I went, yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry. There's a thing with the time and space and talking to each other over the over the blog talk, so it sounds like I'm cutting you off, but I don't mean to. But keep going. <laughs> No, I was just going to say that I'm I'm kind of on this new – that I – like last year I had gone to Mexico and I want to experience uh, the spirituality that exists within each country. And so I was trying um, – it's called a Tezmacal ceremony. And it's kind of – it looks sort of like a, a clay igloo. And you go in and they have a shaman there and they were using different kinds of herbs and they had the cenote water and they heated these rocks on a fire and they kind of close you in there. So it's sort of like a very, very intense sauna and they go through all these chanting and um, they even make you scream at one point. And it was, it was interesting just how much you let go in just that one moment. But from now on, I think when I go to travel to new destinations, I want to see what their form of spirituality is and, and their healing experience. So I think it's just so interesting what everyone does. And it's all just to achieve the same purpose, you know, to expand your consciousness and to be able to heal yourself. I think that's beautiful. Because you're doing, you're doing like this blog talk, but you're taking it to heart and traveling. That's that's really like you're, you're taking it to like the, the roots of the, the traditional Ancestor, ancestral uh, path, like what the countries are doing. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, it's kind of what you're doing with this too, and just exploring different avenues of it. Let me know when you go to Asia, because I want to go with you. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely have to travel together at some point for sure. Absolutely. So, what I wanted to ask you was, um, what is it called? The, um, the the Native Americans have this uh, hot a hot lodge or I forget the actual word for it. What is it called? Um, Indian. It's I almost the same thing. I can't think what it's called either. But what is they that use method? peyote, I think. Peyote? But they ha- what's that lodge? I think so. It's like a sweat lodge? Sweat lodge. Yeah. I, I mean, I know it's called that, but I think there's another name for it too. I can't think of what it's called. So the Native Americans have that as well? Is it similar, like a sweat lodge? Mm-hmm. And so what do you call that? What is that called through shaman work? Well, I know that when I was in Peru, I had spoken to someone about something similar like that. 
Um, and it was just a more, uh, I believe they had told me that they weren't even taking any psychedelics or anything of that nature. It was just, um, actually, they might have used the healing tobacco that they have there, but other than that, it was just an intense form of purifying your body. But I'm not, I didn't actually get to experience that while I was there. So, the, the, I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying shaman. Like I feel like I'm, is that shaman? Right? <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not so much similar as a as a like a a sweat lodge. It's just in a building. Are you talking about the one in Mexico that I was talking about? That one well, that either, I went into. I'm sorry. What were yeah. you saying? No good. Uh, no, that one was kind of, in a way, I guess it was kind of a sweat lodge situation. It just looked like an igloo, but it was made of clay. And they just closed you in there. It was very small. It was very, very intense. <laughs> and it was almost to the point where you felt like you couldn't breathe, but you just have to, you adjust to it. But it's just very, very intense. Okay. And the purpose of the psychedelics is basically to purge your mind to opening the consciousness. Yeah, I mean, I think there are many reasons to do it. I feel like our minds are incredibly powerful and by tapping into the deepest parts of them we can have a better grasp on how to heal ourselves both mentally and physically and i think that through psychedelics it kind of cracks your mind open in a way and resets you so that you have a chance to address trauma like as though it would be i feel like in many cases one session of doing psychedelics could be worth years and years in regular therapy sessions I think it's just another form in which to do it, but it just seems as though there was a stigma that came with it. Um, but I think that it can act as a profound pathway to explore neuro- neurological wiring. I really like this. I'm really glad I asked you about what I asked you um, before the show started about the third eye, because I definitely, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into that later, because that's, that's really cool. Um, if anyone's listening, too, uh, we will take any phone calls if you're interested in talking about the topic. If you um, want to discuss the pros or cons, if you just want to be heard, or there's, there's nothing like negative about it, feel free to call in. The number is 929-477-2767. Just remember to press one. Um, my other question too is that, so it doesn't sound so much more as like a religious practice all the time, or is it something that there's a minor thing that you do to um, maintain a calm balance? For me, I just look at it as a form of spirituality. Um, I think that it is, I think that across the board you can see in so many religions there are aspects that they could have very well used psychedelics. And one in particular, shamanism, they're very, I I looked into the religion and I do understand a lot of what they believe in. um, But at the same time, for me, it's more of, an umbrella over all things. And I think that parts of different religions are all right in their own, in their own aspects of it. So for me, it's more about expanding consciousness. And I feel like when I went and experienced the ayahuasca, I experienced something that was more real than the state that we're in currently. 
Mm-hmm. I understand that now in a different way, but I understand it because when I um when I open my mind to on my phone, I need a phone. I'm on I'm on my my show. I worked on your phone earlier. So <laughs> sorry. When I um my open my third eye or when it happened, it was similar, and we're gonna talk about that too. But my consciousness opened up to the point where I started to um, dabble into knowledge that I wanted to listen, not listen so much, but listen and read and grow upon Buddhism, Hinduism, um, Catholic, Catholic, uh, the Catholic religion more, because I I just started to get these things. I'm questioning a lot. I'm going, what is going on? But I definitely came to the point where I was going, everyone coexists. It doesn't really matter which way you look at it. It's just a matter of feeling it being positive, accepting everyone, being happy with, with things and not letting um, the bad influence you think you know, all this, like, I don't know how to say it, but it was like a wisdom of balance and just accepting mm-hmm. life. And it was just this conscious awakening expansion. And that's what you were talking about before, about the third eye. Right. And I think that for me too, it largely stemmed from a place of wanting to grow and be the best version of myself. And I think understanding how to do that as well as healing past traumas, whatever they may have been, and actually being able to understand maybe what the essence of life is or as coming close as I can to be able to understand the existential questions that we all have. Absolutely. If there, if there was someone interested, right, how would they go about um, starting their journey into this, into the, in the shamanism? Well, so it's a weird, it, it's, it's a weird thing because, I mean, we live in a society that has put such a, you know, a stigma around psychedelics to begin with. And so, I mean, as of right now, so many of them, I mean, we could look at anything from ayahuasca, which is also DMT, LSD, psilocybin, mescaline, MDMA. I mean, most of those things are categorized as Schedule One drugs. And so in order to, I mean, obviously they're around, which is, you know, most drugs or hallucinogens are around and you can find them, but it's a, it's a weird thing because there isn't really a place that we can all go to and feel comfortable and explore our consciousness without having to go out of the country. I mean, there are sort there are facilities now that are popping up here and there that are, because legally, if you categorize it under a religion, ayahuasca is technically legal, in the U.S. So now all these churches are popping up, but I've read reviews on them, and I think a lot of people don't fully appreciate how serious it is, and so I don't think it's being done properly. So I would personally suggest if somebody was looking for something like ayahuasca to explore certain retreats that are in Peru. They have them in Ecuador. They have them in a bunch of different places, but there are ones that have been very well known along for a really uh, around for a really long time, and I always liked the idea of having a doctor and nurse there um, because it helped. You know, just in case anything were to happen, you have that 
And uh, also the one I went to had psychologists there as well, which was really interesting. So I think it's just wow. a matter of researching the topic and looking towards people that have been, you know, experienced in the field, such as like Dennis McKenna or Rick Strassman or even uh, Alex and Allison Gray, which have a facility. I think that I was talking to you about that. They have a facility in Wappingers Falls. Um, and so um, they're actually very well pronounced in this kind of world as well as to expanding your mind and using psychedelics in which to do that. So it's just about doing research on it, really. Huh. And it's, so wait, do you, um, you would have to really try to go into this with a good mindset, right? Because if you didn't, it would, it would set this purge or this, um, this, this, I want to say tr- uh, trip, but this journey, um, off right in the front of the, the mindset if you're the negative or would it have to be kind of, let's say if I went in kind of normal and then all of a sudden it was like this, uh, this journey that kind of went smooth, it was okay. And then little by little I was unfolding the, the negatives versus coming in negative And it's like, boom, there's all this problems that are coming through, um, through psychedelics. And then it comes to a piece. I mean, I believe that, as a general rule, set and setting is very important when it comes to psychedelics. But on the other hand, when we're looking at something as ayahuasca, I don't think it's going to matter because it's a completely different animal. Um, going into that, I was actually quite nervous, but they say your first time is the worst because you're purging all the negative aspects that are on the surface to get deeper and get to the root of the problem. So I think it just depends on what you're doing, but I do think it's it's better to go into something in a in a state of being aware and being positive about your, what your experience is going to be. You know, I really want to pick your brain about this because I haven't experienced that. I haven't went to one. I would be interested in trying one maybe one day, but I always thought spiritually you know, my third eye was there. It was open, you know, I thought this, this was, the, so the experience I had again, it was this, um, I had a synchronicity with numbers. First it was like the time was one, 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 but then it went one, 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 two, 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 three, three, three. And then I found out, you know, um, I looked into angel numbers, but the experience I want to talk to you really about, well, after I acknowledged the numbers, they started to go into different forms, like nine, two, two, nine, three, three, nine, four, four, ten. Even today, like I'm used to it now, it's not so crazy. But there was about two two days where I had this, I want to say, psychedelic trip, but I didn't take anything. I was telling you it was like acid, but I didn't take any acid. I never had tried anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the after effect sounds just like if I went to one of these and my conscious was expanded because I started to be very mindful. I started to dabble into stones and different things to keep me balanced, um, different methods of meditating. And before in the first two episodes, I was talking about it going, ha, ha, ha. And then I, I had to stop because I'm like, where am I going with this blog? Is after this experience, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but I opened my mind to these things. And it's almost like I want to say it's not super psychic. It's still me, but I have this more awareness of things. And 
does that correspond with, you know, if someone were to go through that and the, uh, and the shamanism? I mean, I, I think it all kind of ties together because what you're talking about with the third eye, if I'm not mistaken, it, that had come about because it's based off the penile gland, or, pardon me, the penile gland uh, that's located in our brain, which I think it's, um, I think it's in like the third ventricle of our brain, <laughs> and, but it's producing hormones. And so I think that it's all kind of connected because when you open yourself to that, um, I believe that it's a, a, a derivative of serotonin. And so when we're talking about psychedelics, serotonin is a neurotransmitter. And, I mean, it's pretty much what causes happiness in a way. And so with psychedelics, it kind of loses the control that serotonin has on our brain, which allows us to then you know, gain insight and feeling that everything is connected and be able to open ourselves on a greater scale by just enhancing these circuits in our brain. So I think it's completely possible that that occurs without taking any sort of hallucinogens. And, I mean, I think it's also tied to meditation. Uh, I mean, even Einstein had said at one point that he thought Buddhism was the religion of the future. So there's all these different aspects of the religion that, are now becoming an interest in mainstream society, like meditation. And by practicing this technique, your brain can start to repair damage that's been caused by traumas or just aging. And like normally the gray matter within our brain shrinks as we age, but studies have shown that meditation actually makes it grow and thickens the prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for cognitive and social behavior and personality. I just think that all of these things are connected with one another. And there are so many ways for us to explore consciousness and have these uh, awakenings. Um, it's just different ways to go about them. I um I didn't really plan on that topic coming up, and I'm actually happy to hear that. I, that's exactly how I feel now. I think it's another method for trauma because I went through, as you know, I went through a, a traumatic event, and mm-hmm. I was doing my best. And I'm pretty sure from my guess, because it was a period of time. It was like when when I went through this event and this awakening feeling, I don't know how much time went by. And I'm coming across more people. The, like the universe sends me people and time and who's going to be listening to the show, who's not. It's very, we're all connected in different ways. Um, but I'm getting a lot of people that have different events, but they're going through the beginning of what I experienced. But I'm curious because, you know, when you mentioned how can we use it in therapy, I'm like, you know, getting ready for the, this conversation. Do you think that maybe, you know, with science, the, all the stuff we have now, right, we can break it down through the genetics of the actual um, compounds and we can just make it so, whether it be an aroma in a, in a psycho, psychologist's office or a pill that is, taken so that way you know you're in the room with someone safe or something that's not so strong but to awaken at that level well I mean I think that as far as it's a it's an it's an odd thing because I feel like there is a merge of science and spirituality but it's odd because when it comes to doing you know, scientific experiments, generally people stray away from anything having to do with spirituality just because it's subjective. 
And so scientists don't really want to enter into that realm, not to mention the fact that it's extremely difficult to get grants on something that's not related to science. Um, but, you know, there was even a, I think Carl Sagan had said something like that, any hypothesis, it doesn't matter how strange it is, it deserves to be considered. And so I think that we're in a new era now that I think it's kind of ridiculous that we have left this area of spirituality unexplored. It's it's so odd because it could actually be one of the most important experiments and exploration that we've ever come across to possibly answer questions that you know, about who we are and why we're here and all this. And um, I think that there is a way in which to do that. And even I went to a conference and they were talking about how there's this man, Chris uh, Timmerman, I believe his name is. And so he's one of the first to start a study that is actually exploring consciousness and spirituality, which has never really been done before. Um, so I think that's, I'm sorry, I think that's what you were asking me as far as if there's like a connection and a way to, to do it scientifically and to feel. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, how would you feel about even if you're in your opinion now for psychedelics in any shape or form, like where, what do you believe it would be? or presented in a, in a psychiatric therapeutic way, or you know what, this therapeutic, even in a spa. Well, there's all sorts of, there are studies coming across now that through MAPS, it's Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. And so they're doing all these studies about how psilocybin or MDMA are helping, um, I can't think of what it's called right now, um, Oh, PTSD. So they're doing those studies, and I think that's definitely helping. But I think, just from my opinion, I think it would help considerably if there were facilities that came about that actually specifically targeted that. Because for, so for example, um, when we're talking about something like DMT, if you have... If right now you jumped because you heard uh, a dog bark um, across the street or something, it may be because when you were younger you got bitten by a dog. And so you have this right. connection that's formed in your in your brain that now makes you afraid of that. So what psychedelics do, or DMT, for example, it targets and, separ- and, and severs that link so that you're no longer scared and that trauma has been tackled at its very root. And so now they're using ayahuasca for heroin addiction. And, I mean, there's so many ways. And just from my personal experience being there, I mean, even there was a man that I had interviewed that had been addicted to, I can't remember what it was, they were pain pills because he had gotten into an accident and he was prescribed these pills. And for 10 years he was just completely addicted and he lost his, his business and his family didn't speak to him anymore and he came and tried the ayahuasca and he had even had pills in his pocket that he went into the ceremony with because he didn't want to be without them and he came out of it and threw them away after 10 years. So I think wow. that 
I mean, it's really incredible. I mean, there was this another another girl there that had real issues with depression, and she had been on medicine for it for I can't remember how many years she said, but it was quite a long time. And she came in, and and she actually happened to be there um, while I was doing my ceremony as well. And I felt so bad for her because it just sounded like she was going through hell. And the next day I had asked her what she had seen and she was saying just the whole time she just, something kept telling her to kill herself the whole night. And then she said, I, by that happening, I understood that my life was precious. And it's not to say every single ceremony is something of that nature, but it's just one way in order to give you another perspective on how, you can adjust. And, and I mean, after those ceremonies, she stopped taking all the the medicine that she was on for depression. And I just talked to her maybe wow. a couple months ago and she was still doing great, no longer on the medicine. And so I just think there's so many ways in which that it actually targets your body and kind of resets your mind. And I, I, I think well, it's truly amazing, and there's so many healing properties if they were just actually put out to help people. <laughs> it sounds it sounds pretty pretty amazing too. Actually, I mean, I can understand that. And even in the, the experience that I'm talking about, which I, I'm still amazed. Like I don't I don't I want to find out the connection behind it. But even after that. Um, it's, it sounds like it's like chapters and chapters and chapters of what happened. This was like three days. But after I had this like moment where I was like, you know, what is this? It, it did go, it, it followed through with my own fears because I realized I had this fear of, um, you know, I needed approval. I needed someone there. I needed someone to understand me. And the truth of the matter is no one was really meant to understand me. And no one was really going to be there because you, if I explained to you what I felt and what I saw, it would sound crazy. But the whole trip or <laughs> whatever this do, was though, me, but those, <laughs> those seem yeah. to be the most profound, the craziest experience. <laughs> you know, I have people worried about me, but once I understood it, I understood it and kept it to myself. But um, I looked for approval. I was, I was afraid of you know, what will happen next, or am I crazy, or this and that, and I went, oh, my God, these are the fears, and I posted a video on Facebook, and I was like, you know, fear is what's holding you back from doing what you want to do, because I started this blog, and I put it aside before I had that uh, moment, and I had that moment, and it was like a little bit after, it was before and after, I was like, oh, okay, so I started just to me and not let anything hold me back and not let my, you know, not let depression or sadness or anything get in my daily life. And, you know, even, even work, work should be a place where you're, there's levels, you know, there's like, all right, I have to work and whatever it works, work, but you should still be able to enjoy and be happy with your job. So I went through this phase of like things that were holding me back, just like you're explaining, but serious forms of like drug abuse and, um, suicidal thoughts and problems. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's interesting, though, because when we talk about these things, they're almost 
not, it almost seems like common sense things. Like we actually, before you came to that realization, you knew that somewhere in your, in your mind, but it takes actually focusing on it and having these sort of awakening moments to truly understand it and actually make a change in doing that. I think that, like we had said before, there's just so many ways in order to do this now. And I, for some people, it's difficult to try to have an awakening moments and don't understand how to do that and can't understand how to sit there and meditate and open your mind. And I think that that's where kind of psychedelics come in because you almost don't have a choice in it. <laughs> you know, it kind of just cracks open your mind whether you're ready for it or not. Um, I think I think what draws the line of um, pros and cons is, you know, for example, marijuana, right? You have a lot of people who are against it because they were raised their whole life and don't smoke it, don't do it, and they never did. And then it's like becoming, you know, legal in certain places and they're really upset about it. And there's a guy, I think, that was a senator for another state and he's never tried it. And he's like, look, I'm taking a video. We're going to try it out. I never tried marijuana before. It was like an edible and I want to see what, what it's going to do to affect the, you know, the people of this, this state. And he was so Which happy. It's really cool <laughs> when I think about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I taking mean, just, It's kind of without, like doing the research on what he's putting out there. I mean, in that respect, I think it's pretty cool that he did that. I mean, and even I'm pretty sure that I had read that now California – it's going to be within the next couple of years, there's going to be something coming across that they're talking about legalizing mushrooms, which I thought was really interesting. I mean, we're entering a whole new time. I feel like a lot of things are so backwards because, I mean, for well, there was a rule that went into effect in June of last year that tobacco companies had to start describing their products as addictive and deadly. And we have over 15 million people that have a problem with alcohol. And both of these things are legal and accepted forms of drug use. And neither one has health benefits, which is so crazy because when we're talking about psychedelics, them being classified as Schedule One drugs, according to the DEA, they the DEA states that Schedule One drugs have no accepted medical use and have a potential for abuse. But... <laughs> Psychedelics are not addictive. They do not activate the reward pathways in our brains. And so, I mean, I know this kind of starts to go into an area of maybe a conspiracy theory and whatnot, but if you look at what we're dealing with now with, like, big pharma, and there's just pills for everything, for pain, anxiety, depression. I mean, and I understand how some people need them, but I think that – we become dependent on them, and they don't actually solve a problem. They just put a Band-Aid on it, not to mention that there's unbelievable amounts of side effects with that. And so when we have Mm -hmm. over, like, 70 million people take these drugs and Big Pharma is making over $300 billion a year on these drugs that are just kind of um, fogging your mind in a way and aren't actually fixing anything, and yet they have psychedelics you could go to prison for, it just seems very backwards that we're not advancing in the ways that we can be. Yeah. I wanted to do an episode, actually. I thought about it today after we we were talking about this one. But 
I have been taking Adderall for X amount of years, right? And just as you said, like that, that is a, you know, they, they've stamped it kind of as a, an addictive thing. And this is, this is a, a class drug. It's a, it's regulated, it's mandatory, and it's, it's definitely an addictive thing. Now, did it help me with, you know, focusing? It did. Now, was it's definitely backwards because I actually stopped taking it for, for a little while. I'm, I'm not going to do it because I don't need to right now. But it also, there's a lot of defectives on it. So I feel like you're, you know, I agree with you 100% that things are backwards. They're just doing certain things for money. And the same aspect was, you know, I went to the hospital not too long ago because I, I got um, a burn on my foot from work. But I'm not, I'm not saying the doctor was wrong. I'm just saying I was kind of interested in why they went about it this way. So very good care of me. And the doctor was like, you know, do you want, do you want a shot for any pain? Do you want this? Do you want um, Percocets for the pain? I'm like, you know, actually, this happened an hour ago. I took an Advil or whatever it was, ibuprofen. I don't take Advil or ibuprofen. At that moment in time at the hospital, my foot wasn't in pain, but it was still, like, healing. It wasn't even, like, a bubble. But, you know, he was like, I was like, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And he's like, well, I'm going to prescribe you some Percocets, and that's it. Um, I have them. I don't take them. I don't need to. But I kind of was like, wow. Um, that was a little too easy, easy to, like, if I wanted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's I think that's backwards. generally like, – uh, I mean, it's, it kind of goes back to – I mean, like, an offshoot of that is if you sit down in front of the TV, chances are I'm willing to bet that at least once – in the commercial period, you'd probably see an advertisement for drugs in some sort of way, whatever it is that they're prescribing or telling you that you should be talking to your doctor about. I think that we live in an age where they're just handed out like candy. I mean, and not to say that in some cases they're not needed. And honestly, good for you because I think that I probably would have taken them to, to ease the pain, but I don't, you know, they're just in that, in and something like that is very addictive as well. So I think that that's just going to the doctors and having an issue like that is probably a lot of the ways that people get addicted to painkillers to begin with. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And then it gets more close when you actually lose people that have this addiction because of that. And it just it gets frustrating. And then it gets into this whole government conspiracy thing. But... You know, and that's where I was at, too. I, I don't know where I came about it exactly through this phase I went through, but I, I kind of realized that uh, it's a system that's in place that can either make or break us, but it's, it's up to us to, you know, either step away from it and just worry about our, ourselves or when the time comes. I actually, um, I took my tarot cards out when we were talking about um psychedelic in the use for therapy or or, um, or even in psychology, but I asked the cards if there's a time coming soon that they might be used. And the cards actually, they're new. They're called the Ascendant uh, Masters, and they're really cool. It's a different variety. And it came out as yes with the Ganesh card, positive change with Parvati, follow your heart with St. Francis, um, detached from drama, right, and spiritual law of attraction. So what I got from that is it's coming, 
There's a lot of positive change coming our way. I don't know what kind of time frame is. So follow the heart. What I also see is like in the background, detaching from drama, writing, and spiritual love attraction. And the show, too, is, you know, the millennial third eye, but I'm not saying, like, the millennials are going to be the best and we're going to come in and we're going to, like, do what you guys didn't do. <laughs> but I, regardless of age, and I felt this before, this is going to be, like, a time frame in our era we're going to see where we're going to be the group of people or the ones near us or around us in this age group to come up and eventually say, you know what, we've experienced it without talking about it, or we know something about it and we didn't bring it up. And there's going to be people that are going to be starting to write and start to be interested in what we're talking about, and it's going to be like a law of attraction. Well, it's interesting because I think as a society as a whole, we're just very detached from roots in, in aspects of like consciousness. And I think that it's kind of interesting with millennials because I feel like it's very sort of contradicting because on the one hand, I think that they're kind of pushing the boundaries in a lot of aspects. But on the other hand, they're also people who are very attached to social media and their phones and, and becoming detached from each other in a way at the same time becoming more connected with the world. <laughs> so it's very interesting how it's coming about, but I definitely think we're entering a time, hopefully, I would I would hope that we're concentrating more on being mindful. And I think that, I mean, if we look, at, well, speaking of psychedelics, if we look back, I mean, in the 60s, it was, in a way, it was kind of a failed attempt with psychedelics because there was kind of put, a strain on it and restrictions because of the government. But at the same time, I think it sort of began a revolution in a way because when you're ingesting psychedelics, it, it sort of has this remnants of peace and love and understanding the world and the universe in a, in a greater way and that we're all connected. And I think that if, I really do think that it has the possibility of just changing everything because when you start to to realize that we're all connected, the barriers start to fall down. And so any issues with barriers that we may have with race or gender and, and all of these things of discrimination, I think once you erase that, all we have is a better understanding of one another and and a love for each other. And I know that sounds very hippie in, in, in some ways, but I really do think that if we were to go down a path of becoming more mindful and understanding these things, that the world would definitely change. So I don't think it's just a matter of, of healing physically and mentally, although that's a large part of it, but just as a whole and with each other. I, and, I agree because while you're saying that, I kind of pictured this um, – I pictured spirituality and being psychic, intuitive, and all this stuff, right? I have a bigger understanding from my experience so far that I kind of took it as a bigger awareness of everyone around us, like you're saying, because I also detached myself without even knowing. Um, when I lived in Florida, I only had, like, certain things. to. to I didn't watch cable. I didn't really care about the news. So I watched different things, and at the same time, when I was watching the news not so long ago, it was – 
these five things, and there was one of those nights I couldn't sleep, so I didn't go to bed, five o'clock in the morning, and I saw it in the news, and it's these five things that make no sense, like, why even bother, like the wall? This wall, I'm not a political person, but I'm thinking, this is what they talked about in the beginning of the political thing, the wall, the wall, the wall, and then it's the, you know, a couple other things that aren't important, and they repeated it for, like, the next, I don't know, 10 hours of going, oh, my God, like, I don't even want to. I'm sick of listening to this. This is like, how could people sit here? But spirituality aspect of knowing we're all connected. And when I was going through this, like, awareness, I, I kind of, like, joked around because I was like, it's not going to happen. But my friend, my co-host, Maria, we're friends and we talk all the time. And we were texting back and forth all day, you know, this message, that message, da, 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 da. And I said, you know what? Instead of me actually texting her this message, I'm going to let the universe tell her to call me. Do you know she called me like a minute later? Not even a minute. <laughs> so I believe that spirituality that's kind of is like kind of, what we were. Kind of what? I I was just gonna say that it happens quite often with us too because I don't maybe like a couple of days ago you messaged me and I was literally talking about you <laughs> as you messaged me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that, like that's that happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. So. I think it's all, well, for for us, I want to say, in my belief, it's kind of like we've come here so many times, like we're just that connected. That That's why we're supposed to meet there. Yeah. But to go with the uh, consciousness, I feel that we all have, we all have this gift. We talk about it as a gift, but we all have this ability to awaken our consciousness. And if we're awakened and we're able to see that we're all connected on a different level, but same level, we we have we have this connection. We're able to help each other. I mean, it's it's interesting because I don't think it's just a matter of spirituality. I think that if you look at some of the aspects of of science, it kind of spells it out as well. Like if we're the existential question, who am I? On a scientific level, I am cells. I'm atoms. Um, I'm energy, and then it's not just me. We're talking about animals, nature, the wave in the ocean. I mean, it's all energy, and in that aspect alone, we're all connected. And then if you look at, like, the first law of thermodynamics, we're talking about energy can either be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred, and so maybe we're transferring energy to each other and I know a lot of people have different ideas of what happens once we die, but I feel like our energy just continues on. So, I mean, who's to say that energy isn't consciousness? Who's to, I mean, I, there's, I think it's both. I think that's why there should be a merge between science and spirituality because you can connect it and it's just somehow we haven't had any studies to truly do that yet. Well, I'm, Which I'm could very well be the to answers to a lot of things, yeah. I agree with you 100%. I love this episode, by the way. But um, <laughs> I was getting into it. I actually, like, was so into it that it mesmerized me and it, it put me to sleep. But I got in the middle of uh, watching the cosmos, and he was talking about the galaxies, of course, and I got through the planets. It was like an intro. But I'm really excited to watch it because I'm pretty sure it touches base on a little bit about spirituality because he says, use your imagination and that's where a lot of things fall into place with people who don't want to understand, they don't believe it, 
they need proof, and it's fine. Like, I've seen it before, and I don't look to prove anything, but there's times where I can, and it was funny, but it's because it's, it's welcoming. But it falls into the category of these people. And I, you know what? I think it's just because of timing, the universe, their soul, who we are, because I don't believe that everyone is supposed to have this level, and if they're, they're wanting to do it, that means they're looking for it to do it. Um, and there's a lot of people that aren't interested at all, which is fine. It's kind of like, have you ever come across that store in the mall, which I don't think exists anymore, and I, I remember laughing at it, and I remembered it recently, just thinking, going, wow, wait a second. It was a store that was, like, kind of blinded. You didn't know it was inside. But you had to pay, you know, X amount, and it said, like, we'll provide happiness for you, joy. Like, it was different emotions. And you can go in and pay no, for the emotions. No, I just never heard of that. I found it really interesting. I wish it was still there because now I want to now I want to go back. But I I think it's like one of those. Wait, so what do they do exactly? I don't I don't know what they exactly did, but they had it kind of closed off. It was welcoming, but it was kind of like surprising. Like you don't know what's in there. What I think it was was I'm you know I've been into um, frequencies on YouTube. Like you can listen to different frequencies to hit your hit your consciousness and your brainwave, almost like a frequency affirmation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it was. It's kind of like you sit down for X amount of time, you pay for it. But I'm sure there was background information on why and what they were using. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, that's what I think it was. But it kind of, it, I don't know. It's just, I, I can't even describe it. I feel like there's going to be this thin line of people who are willing and they're actually eager to look for it and they're doing it themselves on their own, or they're going to go through what I went through where it just hits them like a shock and they're like, what is this? Um, but for future references, and I don't know how many years, my prediction, my own belief is that there's going to be a big wave of awakened consciousness. You know, I, I didn't even think about this before. Like I didn't plan it. Or maybe I did, but I didn't plan on looking into it. Um, so basically I want to know what your opinion was of the future too, whether it be psychedelics, whether it be, um, how I went about it, but the future consciousness, what do you, where do you think it's going to go? It's, you know, it's such an odd thing because. I'm torn of how it might end up happening, uh, what's in front of us. Because, I mean, we're living in in such an age where it's kind of sad in a way with everything that's happening and who's in office and, and what has come from that. And, unfortunately, that does have a large effect on us as a whole. And so I feel like in that, aspect things are going in the wrong direction but maybe it's possible that we needed something i mean in in some respects i think that some people need to go through a trauma in order to grow from that and so maybe in just a very large scale of something this as a whole and everything that what's going on with politically and with the world it's just this trauma that we need to experience to come out of it better I mean, and I'd like to hope that we'd have become more mindful and expansion of consciousness because, I mean, there are, I feel like 
as the years progress, and maybe it is also because I've just become more interested in it, but it seems in more recent years there's a lot more focus on things like um, psychedelics and whatnot. And I and I think that if we continue down that path, it could very well be the answer to a lot of things. Like I personally feel, I mean, and this is kind of off topic, but I even think that there should be a class developed um, in the curriculum for students who are really young that ex- teach them how to be mindful, teach them that we are all the same regardless of, you know, our gender, our race, whatever, so that we can become better as well. But I think that just starting something like that is difficult because it's not something mm-hmm. that we're used to. So I'd like to hope that we're heading down that path. There seems to be a lot of things that are being encouraged to head that way. So one can only hope. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're, we've come this far and we still haven't really explored consciousness in that way and spirituality as much as we could. I agree. I agree. Um, it's kind of going to be like a spiritual revolution, hopefully. That's one of the titles I had was. But um, I figure we take a break. We're, I'm going to play some music just to, like, give us, like, um, a mind break of talking. So that way we could – I want to practice this. I want to see how it goes. Since everything is going okay. really well and we start the show on time, I'm going to play music for a little bit. It's going to be about, I don't know, like two minutes, three minutes. But um, before I do that, if there's anyone listening that wants to join in the conversation, whether it be uh, for or against or you want to add something to it or what you think, the number is 929-477-2767. You can press 1. And also, um, we'll see what happens, but I might be giving a couple of readings just before the end of the show. And we'll be right back. Thank you. 
All right, all right, all right. You still there? Hello. Hello, hello, hello. So how do we feel after that little break? That was kind of nice, right? Yeah. I didn't usually do that. I was like, you know what? I feel like it's going to be mandatory. (laughs) (laughs) So I was talking about how, I guess, before the show started, maybe I'll talk about how it's fair that maybe I should talk about how I started my journey to correspond with yours and where it went about. I didn't go to a festival. <laughs> I um I remember and I talked about it before. I remember as a kid, um I was in the shower and I was like, you know, God, I don't know what where I'm supposed to be, but I just want to help people. And I had like an idea in mind where I was gonna go and it, it was into Santoria, which is what I what I wound up doing. Mm-hmm. But I wound up meeting um my godfather at the time who was like, you know, I think you're going to be on my side of the bench. And I was uh, 16 or 17. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, I'm pretty sure you're going to be a Santero, but I want to find out, you know, if it's correct, why. And that's how I started my journey, and it's still going today. But as of now, this it's still going. It's, I, I see spirituality and religion connected, but spirituality is for connecting with everyone else and helping and healing And religion is also, you know, the other aspect, too, of helping and healing, whether it be called for or not. So right now it's – there's still that journey, of course, in learning. You're always learning and respect in in both aspects. My journey has brought me to this, like, awakening thing of looking at things differently, being more mindful of myself for others, um, the positive. I wanted to ask you, though, you know, I've been really interested too on on Reiki, and I've been there before. I never really learned anything about it. I knew about it. It wasn't one of those things where I was like, "Yeah, whatever, Reiki." But I was always fascinated. But I wanted to know like what your input was on that too with the shamanism, if there's any connection. You know, I have actually never tried that, and I know that it's believed to have natural healing benefits from it. Uh, you know, along with relaxation and an overall uh, feeling of, of well-being. But I've never actually tried that. Um, and I'm not entirely sure if shamanism has a connection with that either. Um, I know for them one of the biggest aspects of shamanism is being one with nature and being grateful for what it's offering us. Um, but I'm not entirely sure if it's connected. Um, but I thought it was really interesting that you did bring up the third eye because I felt, I mean, that is connected, and I, I kind of failed to to realize that before. That's, they believe, so the third eye, like what we were talking about before, is the penile gland, which is believed to produce DMT, which is found in us and plants and animals. And it's the strongest hallucinogenic on a planet, which is released when we're born and when we die. So it's really interesting how that was connected. But I'm not sure about the Reiki. Yeah, and that's that's really interesting. Like I've I've now like now I'm fascinated that we're having this conversation that I actually want to go when I have time, like something to look into. Like the, what is the connection is that there definitely is and I just think it's a matter of whether you choose to start it like an engine, like you choose to start it up now through shamanism or do you choose to start it up naturally through 
when your time is your time to go through that process. Um, but the Reiki thing I brought up because the other day I always felt the energy. I always felt it, but I didn't know what was going on. I kind of closed my eyes and just trying to meditate. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I was asking someone um, I recently met who was doing it for me. I was like a victim of the class and it was, it was good. It was a good experience. And I was like, so what were the stones? Like I felt, I felt like two stones by my head. Like they brought them closer. Right. I felt like this, um, this energy, like, like it melt, melted my brain this way so it could pull out this from my, my head and the, all the chakras and whatnot. And she goes, no, literally that was my hands. And I went, wow. Cause I, I was like blown away going, it was your hands. Cause no matter what, and I believe it hundred percent, I was more surprised. And I know there's stones involved for different purposes onto the alignment and what's going on. And I felt my, my body kind of like the muscles kind of pulling out as they were going down. It was really interesting, but my, my, my mind and my belief and my uh, opinion is that we can all do these things just as long as we have the right mindset, the positive aspect of it. And it's amazing how this can happen. It really does happen. I was like, wow, this is your hand. And I'm curious now talking about it, wondering if there's a connection to doing that and opening your consciousness to starting the engine up too. I think it goes back to there are they're just all different methods of achieving the same thing, whether it be Reiki or, or just meditating or the psychedelics. I think they're all the, just different pathways to kind of lead to the same place. I agree. I agree. Um, there's a saying, kind of like even, how do you put it? Like you, I'm going to say it this way to explain it another way. But there's a saying that you, you have to really be careful of let, um, when people touch your head, right? When people touch your head, because the thought process of what you're having while you're doing, like, let's say Reiki or something that if I were to put it in touch, there's the energy involved, right? There's that connection. So I'm wondering if, even, if I was um, knowledgeable in, in Reiki and I had that or someone does, if there's a practice, and I want to ask someone about it too, if I had that conscious awareness of trying to help you start your engine up for the conscious awareness going, you know, while I'm healing you, if that maybe will release that, uh, you know, the penile gland or release that to bringing that um, opening up. Um, I don't know. It's like a science thing. I'm like, I want to trial and error it. (laughs) I definitely do think there's something along the lines of like a transference of, of whatever it may be. I mean, I remember, I know that how it, how this sounds to a lot of people, but one of the times that I was in um, one of the ayahuasca ceremonies, not for myself, but with someone else, there was uh, a man there that was having a very difficult time. And I had never, I had not seen the shaman do this before, but she went over to him and held his head and <laughs> was sucking on his head and then spitting out, and then she would, like, throw up. And then she kept doing it, and he just calmed right down. And I just I just stood there watching kind of in awe because I was – I just couldn't believe that was occurring. And, I mean, even – I think that I had told you this, too, because I had been in so many ceremonies helping other people. Nobody had told me that it wasn't a good idea for me to do that, you know, consistently right in a row. I remember – meeting a friend for lunch and she was saying that I looked weird that like my eyes were great over and I didn't really think of anything up at, 
I didn't think anything of it at the time, and then I got really, really sick. And I was sick for just maybe, I think it was a couple weeks. And they, I had seen a doctor. I mean, they had given me all sorts of medicine. Nothing was working. And the owner of the retreat came to see me, and he was like, you should just go in and do a ceremony. And I told him that I didn't think it was a good idea for me to drink the ayahuasca because I was so weak that I was concerned of what would come from it. But after a while, I, I agreed to it. And the next morning, I was up, and I was completely not sick anymore, just had a sniffle. <laughs> I mean, I know that was kind of off topic from what we were saying, but I think they they I brought that up because they were talking about that. They thought I had gotten sick because of the energy that was in the maloka that was all this energy coming off of the people that were in the journey and that it kind of transferred on onto me. And that's what they told me the reason I had gotten sick was. I think it's possible. Um, it was definitely interesting to have that conversation with the shamans there for sure. That's really interesting. It really is. I know um, – I wanted to give you a chance to meet my co-host. She actually uh, just has time to call in now. Maria, are you there? Oh, nice. I am here. Hi. We were, um, we're Hi. Having, we're having this great conversation so far about her shaman shaman journey, where she started. Yeah, it sounds and amazing. I've actually been listening for a little bit, so, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, show me yeah, what, what else have I missed? <laughs> <laughs> so we went over the um, our shaman journey, uh, psychedelics, okay. and how they play a part with shamanism. Um, the the part and in, in therapy and whether it be therapy, medicine, or psychiatric, okay. will it play a part in that? And the right. biggest connection I actually didn't expect to have about all this was that you know the, the awakening phase that I was going through. It's mm-hmm. pretty much like starting an engine where that's another way to start the engine through um, with the ayahuasca, the, the, the liquid that they make, and it okay. purges Just all to your, do it manually? on your mind. Okay. Yeah, almost that's like manually. Cool. Okay. Yeah, just to, to manually start your engine. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. So have you done that? Is that... That's what you. That's what you. That's what I'm, I'm kind of catching. Yeah. So that's what you did. But that's yes. what. Um, so and and I, I yeah. kind of missed what made you ill. Like that was what I was trying to. Oh well, uh, originally before I had gone to Peru, I had I was just having a lot of. I'm generally a very optimistic person, but for some sure. reason I had just gotten in a in a state of mind that I just became a little bit bitter and I just didn't talk to anyone and, and through that I just got sick and when I went to the doctors they had thought wow. I had a, a mixture of rheumatic diseases but I just, wow. instead of doing that, I kind of found all these books and so I ended up going to Peru because it's illegal there for them to administer gotcha. ayahuasca. And it's okay, a mixture gotcha. of uh, charcuna leaves, which actually have DMT in it, which is the strongest hallucinogenic on the planet. And then we also wow. have the um, the vine, which is a Banisteriopsis capi, which has an MAOI inhibitor, and it allows us to... Um, it allows it to process through our bodies in a longer 
frame, a time frame. So you're basically, so it like, usually lasts for about four hours. Okay, um, so it's like time just, time released, basically. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm trying to apply this to to <laughs> what I know, because, I mean, obviously I'm not, well, I'm not really familiar with all of this, but it's intriguing to me. Um, wow. So what would you say, I mean, what was your biggest, like, I guess, eye-opening experience from doing this? What um, well, so, was the best yeah, takeaway I mean, from it, it was, I guess? The first night was really, like, horrible. <laughs> Very yeah. horrible. Yeah, I could imagine. Um, I had gone into it, and I just kept thinking the whole time because I could just – there's a purging process, so you throw up quite a bit. And I just was thinking the whole time, like, I don't know why I did this. I don't know what I was thinking. Right. I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> right. You know, because right. I had initially yeah. a hard time getting it down to begin with because it tastes like this awful jungle rot. And so oh, I had, <laughs> yeah, it was the worst thing I've ever tried. And it, you know, I, it, I didn't think I was actually going to experience anything from it because I was having a hard time getting it down to begin with. And so okay. they came over and they told me, you know, just to lay down and relax. And I, I was just laying there and I just closed my eyes and I opened them up and I saw a, a jaguar in front of me looking as though it would look what? in real life. And so from Whoa. that point on, it just had really <laughs> grotesque images and I was throwing up all night and I, you know, I woke up the next morning and they're like, wow, you look like you had a night, which I yeah. did. Yeah, you look but like I, I traveled all that way. Yeah. And I had, I heard so many good experiences about it that I couldn't, just ended there so the second night was probably the most profound for me because it um it's so difficult to explain the things that I had seen but I think I was standing in a square and a man came in front of me and shot me and I felt as though I was dying like I actually what? felt like I was dying and then so when wait, I, I to, and they I tell mean, you I don't I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm like, I want to stick in the timeline here. Like, did you just function normally during the day? It wasn't until you went to sleep that it really affected you the following day or? No. Yeah, no. So what happened is that they, you're not supposed to eat anything during the day. And then at night, they bring you into this maloka, which is this round building. And Mm -hmm. they, they put mats on the floor and they give you a bucket and some water <laughs> next to you, and they go around, and the shaman comes in, and they kind of cleanse you, and then they give okay. you this sludge to drink. Oh, <laughs> and nice. so I'd say, yeah. yeah, I'd say probably about 45 minutes after that, you start to, it's a completely out-of-body experience. Like, wow. I, wow. I didn't drink so much of it that I was not aware of what was happening, but... I was definitely not there at the same time. Okay, and we, like, gotcha. we would have issues standing up or whatnot, which is why they had people in there to help you. Like if you had to go to the bathroom, they would help hold you and bring you to the bathroom because you're just not, your functions are not what they would be. That's um, you were not. That's how I felt with, with my awareness thing is that I felt that, well, <laughs> I had seen like the universe, and in a, de- a weird form, and I was like, "Am I alive?" <laughs> I was like, "Am I out here?" 
Did I step through That's the crazy. door? Did I not? So what you're experiencing is like it's very serious. I think I think it was the fear of death, but so, I guess I, I felt I, this I didn't in a different tell you form. that happens. It's it's interesting yeah. because they tell you, and I think maybe it's because, and I I don't know if this is actually the case or not, but I think because. DMT is what is produced in high quantities in our bodies when we are born and when we die. And I, I don't know if that maybe has anything to do with it, but. Oh, I bet it being, does for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's really interesting. So they tell you before you go into it that, you know, you might possibly feel like you're dying and you need to just give into it, which is kind of scary. And before they yeah. even went into the ceremony the first night, they did like a, a a cocoa leaf reading, and the shaman had told me that I was going to have a really difficult time, and she oh, saw wow. me crying. So, but the first night that you know I did have a hard time, but I didn't cry or anything of like that. And then the second night, I I was standing in that square, and I was shot, and I gave into it, and um, I died. And when I had woken up. Um, there were all these things that were coming about and sort of the end of it, which brought me out of it was that I was in this, I was sort of like on this cliff and all the people in my life were just in a crowd below me. And there was a shaman there and it was sort of like a growth ceremony. And um, ironically there, there was this headdress there and they put it on me and like, as that was happening, I was kind of floating up and my ego had just left me. Like there was, I was not myself anymore. It was just this energy and it kind of, I feel like it was an eye, eye opener to what might happen after we die and the energy that we we continue on with. And ironically, the next day I had seen this symbol randomly that the, the shamans had had and it looked exactly like the headdress. And I asked them what wow. it was, and they said that that was Pachamama, which is their, like, symbol of, you know, kind of nature and, and just the, the mother of ayahuasca, which I thought was just crazy. But no, that is. I left I left that ceremony, and I was I had never felt that sense of happiness and love ever in my life, and I... I had always been optimistic and loved people, but that was just a completely different experience. And then the wow. day after, I you go in with set intentions, and that my intention was to not be bitter anymore. And then the last day that I did it during that period of time, I was still having issues with my body, so I had asked, you know, my intention was to to feel better. And I just remember it was really rough. Um, and that my body hurt horribly throughout the ceremony, and it felt like I was being, like, pushed into the ground. And then the next day I had no pain. It was just all gone. And I know so it sounds you, extreme and crazy, but, yeah. Did you have to, each day, like you said, the second day you had to drink stuff again? Did you have to drink right. stuff again on the third day? Yeah, or no. I mean, it's not fun. It's not a fun experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I ended yeah. up, uh, I, you know, they ended up asking me to work there because I, 
do marketing. And so I went back and and lived there for a bit. And so I helped other people go through this. And I got to interview them going in and out and whatnot. But Yeah, what an experience um, that would be. What? Do you have like a blog from that? (laughs) From the interviews? Because that would be cool. Sorry, say that again? Do you have like a blog or like any kind of, you know, written up as far as, you know, interviews or, or like testimonials or anything that, I do some of them. Yeah, I interviewed people and I and I videoed um, a couple people as well. It was it was really really profound for me. It was definitely the closest thing I've come to experiencing the essence of life in, in a way. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I was. I don't. I can't imagine that... myself ever stopping it. What would you say that you have? I mean, a, a greater appreciation. For life in general, you mean? Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, definitely. It definitely changed so much for me. Um, I When I got back to the States after I initially went, um, I, I used to have an issue with grudges. Uh, and so there mm-hmm. had been people that I just hadn't spoken to in a long time, and but... mainly because I was holding on to, to things. And so... I just went back and I contacted all those people and, you know, I just apologized for any negative aspects that I had contributed to that. And I changed the way that I was eating and how I was going about life in general. And I, and I felt like there was, and I had read about this happening, but I didn't really, I didn't know how I felt about it, but I had read that even after you take it for years after you have these kind of, like flashback moments where you have clarity. Yeah, kind of in that way. But there, I just have these moments of clarity sometimes that I didn't necessarily, I always thought I was self-aware, but I do uh-huh. have moments of clarity that I maybe didn't have before. And even since then, like, I think I definitely will continue to go back there and always have a greater hand in this now. Like I was telling Joe that I went to a conference not too long ago where they were talking about DMT and, and all these advances with it. And so my interest is, is very, very highly peaked. And um, recently I even this past year when I had moved down here, I was very, very focused um going back to school and I became very rigid and I mean he even knows I'm very <laughs> outgoing and I just kept to myself which is the first time I've ever done that and so I had recently decided to um take LSD and I think during that was was a greater awakening for me as well and I'm I'm just acting different in a more positive way I'm not so rigid about things and more relaxed and and becoming more fulfilled and I don't think that psychedelics in general have the capacity to have you look at things from another perspective and change things for the better sure yeah I mean honestly like I, I would be lying if I said I really knew a lot about them because I don't but I remember having a conversation with um a friend that I'd known for a long time. He was actually really close with my cousin and uh, he was having a conversation with me about, about mushrooms and the the benefits to your health and things like that. And I know that's kind of getting off track, but I mean, I guess really it is kind of along the same lines of, of 
yeah. things that it can do and awaken in, I mean, inside you. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess my question would be too, gosh, what was I thinking when you were talking? I was like, oh man, that had to be so wild. <laughs> like, um, would you say that, that it really put life into perspective for you? I mean, maybe you could actually approach the people that you had issues with because, um, kind of like don't sweat the small stuff, you know, there's a bigger picture yeah. and a bigger reason for, for you being here or, you know, all of, all of us really. So, I mean, like, um, like Sunday, they got a t-shirt where it says like, I got, I got ayahuasca. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think it changed things for the better. I don't think I'm, I mean, I know it might sound scary to people that you once you go through this, you're never the same, but it's it's definitely yeah. in a positive way. And, I mean, it, it's really interesting to me because I stay in contact with some of the people that had went to the retreat. And, okay. for example, one of the times when I was personally drinking, there was another guy there who was drinking as well. And generally, they just take you to your room after um, and right. you just sleep but he had come and knocked on my door and we sat there and we just talked and it was he he was brought his guitar in the room and he was like I am going to play you a song I never played for anyone and we started talking about the things that he had seen and he was like I saw that I would be playing this for people and now he's touring all over the world (laughs) people that had seen things in their past and they're actually on those paths right now. So I definitely think it alters. Before we run out of time, we still have like 30 minutes, but I wanted to give you something and thanks for, I wanted to give you thanks for coming on the show and I wanted to give you a reading. And while I was interrupted by my mother, you know, once again, it's in the car, Mom. It's in the car. The no phone is in the I. car. <laughs> everyone says hi from the show, by the way. Hi. <laughs> oh, everyone's been, uh, I've been on the phone trying to do the show, and I'm getting interrupted about the phone. So I wanted to give you a reading, but while I was, Bigger um, picture, Joe. I, pulled the, I pulled the cards out, and while I was doing that, I envisioned you and I saw two things. I saw the symbol behind you, and I had to get my book because I was like, what is that? So the symbol behind you, and I saw your arms left and right, but they were extended. And I saw one with, like, I don't know why I saw a stone, but I saw a stone that reached out to, like, family. Like, no matter how far you, they are, you are, you, help, you hold respect for them, and you love them for everything that they are for you. And the other arm went out as if, like, you still put out for the universe. And I'm not sure what that meant, but the symbol... The symbol is actually the flower of life, and I didn't know all this about it. Do you know about the flower of life? No, I don't. I don't know what it is. Mm-mm. I don't. So the flower of life was actually um, worn on robes of the sultan, and it goes from different regions, from Beijing to Egypt to Japan. But what it really comes down to is in the symbol of circles and all these patterns, what emerges is the flower. This flower. And what I get from that is no matter what situation you're in, you might get frustrated. And I might be saying this is, you know, we're friends for how long, but this is what I was getting, is that you still blossom, you still love, you still are this flower of life. But to, um, to get to the cards, 
I get a, did a little quick spread. The root talked about the retreat to nature and the power of joy. So you have this in, in the middle. This is like the middle of the reading. You always have that balance of, wait a second, I've got to go back to nature. I've got to get back to my happy place. And then we move on. Um, the head talks about staying focused, and the heart talks about meditating. So right now in this time, you're focused, and the heart is kind of like at, at peace. It's like balance. You know, like, it's like this wave of no matter what you have to do, it's just, it's fine, baby. We're good. We're chill. Um, what was sent kind of like over with, which is kind of funny we're talking about the topic, was pur- purification. Purification. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you kind of let go of whatever was in the way or whatever was weighing you down, and you just kind of, like, purified it. You're like, all right, peace be with you. I'm out. And you moved on. Mm-hmm. What's coming What's coming your way, Rini, is uh, focus on your strength. You now is the flow of prosperity. So you might feel it. You might not see it, but you got that flow coming your way, and you you get it. Um, family and friends see you as persistence. And what I mean by that is they see you as someone who is a go-getter. You're not going to give up. You're not going to quit. You're not going to take anyone else's advice unless it's, like, something that maybe corresponds with you. But you're going to go with what your heart's telling you, and you're not going to quit. And the following card is um, what you hope or fear. But what I find is interesting is the card is saying yes. It's a yes card. Because you don't really hope or fear anything because you just have this peaceful, you know what's coming your way. You're happy with everything. You have your this Zen moment. Um, the, the future card talks about following your heart. And the last three cards I pulled are from my spiritual guides, and it just tells a sentence. And you might laugh at this, actually, but this is what the card is, and I'll tell you what it means. Um, it says, come out of the closet, mother's, mother, wife, sister, daughter, and right. So what it means really is, is what you already are, just remember. Be cool with yourself. Don't worry about anything else. Be you. Nurture yourself. And for some reason, uh, do you already write stuff down? Because it says to write write goals, write your plans down on paper. I do, yeah. But that was like a, the spread was just like all peaceful, like calm, not worrying, cool. you're in the right place. I thought that was really, really nice. You, you know, while you brought up that flower of life, I, I just looked it up to see what what it looked like. And it's a geometric pattern. And it's actually interesting because that's what people see going into the DMT trip. Really? Uh, yeah, like geometric patterns. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's weird, too, because I had a dream that I, I was, I saw, I had a dream. And I didn't know what it was, but it's called the Merkaba. And the Merkaba is another geometric form. And I looked it up, and it's something to do with, like, traveling. But this, has, this is all connected to, to DMT, I'm telling you. <laughs> unless someone, like, you know, tricked me and was, like, surprised. <laughs> but what, what I was, what I was uh, going through for, like, three or four days or, like, I don't know, till now, is all that what you're talking about. You know, it just blows my mind. Yeah, it's interesting once you start getting into everything, you find a lot of connections where you just didn't see any before. Yeah, I, I can see that for sure. I mean, that's, um, gosh, I was going to ask you another question, and I was trying to, like, 
to not to to not interrupt and like literally I just oh that's what I was getting I I kept feeling content because I, I I also got something to do with you writing because that's that's what I really really do I mean I don't know if you got to hear any of our shows I'm I'm definitely more of the quiet one on here but I do I kind of <laughs> have to sit and let it resonate with me when I I take it all in and I mean the the one thing that just keeps coming to me is content and I I also feel I feel the word safe. I don't know um really I guess if that applies to you or not but all all calm safe, and serene and peaceful safe yeah like Well I safe. do kind of I mean for me how I take that when you say it is that mm-hmm. It's actually really interesting because I ended up staying up quite late last night because I was on the phone with a friend and we were kind of talking about all this. And I think I'm that... I'm getting chills right now, just so you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, I've kind of, I don't, not entirely sure what led to this point for me, but I always, I mean, even when I was talking to Joe as the years went on, I was always off doing something. And, like, no matter what it was, I was always going after what I wanted. And I'm still doing that in a way, but I'm playing it much safer than I would normally. And I think that Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with a friend because they were talking about how they've been saying for years that I should write a book. And and she was saying, like, you should consider doing, like, life coaching and whatnot. And yeah. I am not exploring things as I once would have. And so that's okay. how I kind of take it when you say Play playing it safe, safe yeah. because yeah. I'm definitely in a content spot right now and, yeah. and definitely looking Perfect. at things very differently, but I'm ready to, to get out of that and, and kind of break that chain with that. Yeah. Well, that's definitely what I was picking up from you. So that that's good. And honestly, like this is all <laughs> – it's new to me to actually be able to express when I'm feeling it about people, like actually, actually being able to read people. I generally would just always keep it to myself. Um, you know, it would only come out if there was a conversation or somebody approached me, um, you know, that also had a gift uh, or, you know, whatever the case may be. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice. I definitely can, can feel the connection of things that, that you're feeling, which is, is amazing. You have a really good vibe. That's awesome. I'm glad I got to call in. Yeah. Speak up oh. about it. <laughs> you should definitely yeah, meet well, her you know, sometime. <laughs> we, <laughs> we had that talk today about me speaking up, and I was like, you know, it's just so hard because when we get callers on this show, um, you know, and I don't, I don't do this like Joe does openly or like our guest last night, Luna, has a shop and she does readings. You know, this is definitely a good time for me to learn. So what I do is I kind of sit there while they're talking and, you know, oh, hang on. I don't mean to interrupt you. Oh, wait, let me interrupt you. Hang on. And I just write. And I was telling Joe that a lot of the stuff that I write, they both end up touching on, specifically like last night and even the night before. That's cool. But, um, you know, it, yeah, it, it's, it's for me, that's, you know, acknowledgement. That's what I need. But I do I do want to speak up. I do. <laughs> I have a pretty big personality. Oh, <laughs> It kind of sounds that like what you're doing is taking on a lot of others, and maybe mm-hmm. that's why you're having a hard time with that. I would imagine. I mean, I don't really, yeah, I don't really know. But that's what it kind of sounds like. But 
I'm sure that you have some really interesting insights. You should. I'm glad that you guys are doing this together. You know, I, I she just made a that. point, and she see that's what I was telling you, Rini. You you can read people because you just made a point of maybe maybe Maria has to just try to mentally focus on the person at hand and learning how to, which is hard. I I'm mm-hmm. not easy at it either, but focusing on one person so that way everything kind of like floods out. But I wanted to tell you too is that that flower. The, the flower symbol, the flower of life. When I was reading about it, I went back to you telling me how you want to travel the world too and learn about how they are doing their practices there. And I was like, Egypt, mm-hmm. Japan, um, everywhere. I was like, oh, well, that's totally her too. <laughs> oh. Yeah, where is she The last thing is um, you need to travel. You're meant to travel. Just make it a goal as to what month you can do it, how you can do it, and make the initiative because I got this feeling like you're like, I want to go there next. And then something comes up and you're like, oh, I wanted to do that. But if you actually plan it and you write it down and you make an initiative, like you, there's a method on like how you're purchasing the ticket or if there's a group, um, you won't have to worry about it. Yeah, I mean, actually it's been – I don't know how long I've been doing it now, but I usually go to a new country every year. But just this past year was probably really, really difficult for me for so many reasons. And it was, I think it just played a, a little bit of a, a toll uh, mm-hmm. on things. But mm-hmm. I'm definitely ready to go to a new place again this year. And I, before you came on, we were talking about how I'm on this new path that every country I go to, I want to experience their ideas of spirituality and and their sure. healing processes. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, you need to so document. This. You need to. Thing. I I feel like you need to. You need to film it. I'm getting that you, <laughs> that you need really to. Really like, cool. Oh my god, you do. You need to get like. I don't care if it's your phone on a selfie stick, but you need to like document this because you know there's so many people and and. I really feel like there's so many people that are maybe, well, fear is, is such a human, um, you know, feeling to have, but just scared of the unknown. And, and obviously what you've experienced, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that think about it, but they, they'd never try it because they're like, oh, no. Yeah. And you didn't have any yeah. experience, but, but you did it. And if you, I mean, and, and granted, um, it's not, there's, there's nothing glamorous about, you know, puking into a bucket, um, you know, and, and, feel, and no. feeling like you're, you're dying. I mean, literally, but you know what, though? Like, obviously, we, there's some editing that can be done. But you should, totally. Yeah. You should. Yeah, I had this vision yeah, of, like, you would have not... sick. And it was like you would have told me sick. You know, it was like one minute, um, one minute clips or thirty thirty second clips where it's like you standing in the same spot, but it's like all different places. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I it was definitely interesting. For sure. I I brought my I specifically when I went to Peru had gotten like this fancy camera and whatnot because I had plans to do this. And while I did document yeah. like a lot of the conversations we sat around and doing, yeah. it was hard to do it in the ceremony itself because it was a very personal thing. And I do think that sure. there are some documentaries on it now, but I think they're catching some of the wrong aspects of it. Uh, right. And that's why I cool. feel like you need to do this. Yeah, you need to yeah. because you're going to shed 
a whole different light on this and really opened doors, I, I feel like, for a lot of people. So I think you should do it. Get that camera it, out. Yeah, I, w- I really, I, you know, I just had kind of like a, a moment back when – Joe and I, well, I was in New York when it actually uh, happened at the time because I had to to go there to take care of some things, and um, okay. I went to the to the conference for the DMT, and I walked away feeling like somehow along the way I I diverged on this path I wasn't supposed to be on because I really truly feel like this is what my interest is in and being able to like travel and, and go in communities yeah, where, yeah. you know, I, that is something that is truly interesting to me. So I was, I was having this moment where like, maybe I, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I, I can't imagine ever going off this topic for the rest of my life. I, I would like to get more, involved in it and there was actually I got right. when I came back from Peru someone had offered to fund a project here so that I could actually start a facility here but I don't feel like <laughs> I'm, where are you now are you back in New York well not physically in Georgia I'm just saying in the states oh, okay but I just don't feel like I have enough experience to do something like that I think it's really okay. something that should be taken seriously and I feel like there should be doctors and nurses and you know, psychologists, the whole, whole thing. And so maybe eventually (laughs) that might end up happening, but uh, yeah, Yeah. definitely not. I mean, just to go back with what you were saying before about the fear, I think just that's a general, not so Mm -hmm. much even in the psychedelics, but just, I think fear takes hold of people and it really holds them back from things that they could be doing. And, and we're just constructing these walls and we're allowing once you start taking them down. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's all about your mind and how strong your mind is. Like, Joe and I have had this conversation multiple times over the last, you know, couple weeks that it really, I mean, I don't know. It's weird, too, because over the last couple weeks, like, I've definitely had a different type of calm to me as well. I know I read that out of you, but, and it's kind of funny because, <laughs> because it's all around me tapping into reading other people more openly and learning more about myself and I really just I'm not I'm not really afraid of anything you know like I just I don't know I feel yeah, like I kind great. of have a different yeah I, I'm not and and sure everybody has those those minutes you know the, those things that happen and then you're like oh god but wait you know like how am I going to pay this bill or you know <laughs> why am I here or Oh, you know, work, and you start getting upset and frustrated, and then that's kind of what feeds into how you handle right, certain yeah. situations. Or you know, I mean, you're once like, you oh, strip you know, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, once you strip that fear away, you recognize just how capable you are to to do so many different things, and it's kind of a free sure. in a way. It's clarity, is what it is. It's clarity. Yeah, yeah. It gives you the the yeah the just the push to just keep keep going and stay on that path it's it's like you have to kind of break away from it first to see that but um mm-hmm. but yeah i mean get a new perspective yeah. yeah for sure i agree cool this was a good talk 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that you come and do this. This is nice. Yeah. Well, no, awesome. I'm glad I I'm glad I got I got in on a little bit of it and missed the beginning, but you know, hey. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And you Andrea, said, uh, I wanna what? Yeah. No, go go ahead. No, go ahead, Joe. I took over. No, I, took I just over. wanted to thank you. <laughs> I wanna thank you so much for doing this episode with me. I really like I hope if you want to do another one, we could do another one about something else too. I I, I had a great time with it. But yeah. Thank you again. Absolutely. And uh, Maria, no, thank you for joining it. in, even at the end. Yay. Yeah, absolutely. And it was so nice to meet you. Definitely. You should be on you another too. episode. I'm going to get your information from him. <laughs> yeah, please there. do. Please do. <laughs> Facebook friends. Yes. All right. I want to see your travels. <laughs> that's another episode of the Millennial Third Eye. I'm not sure when or what the next episode is going to be. Maria and I will probably figure that one out, too. But soon, until next soon. time, yeah. catch us on the Facebook right. page, A Millennial Third Eye, and message us. Yes. Don't be afraid to message us yes. about whatever. I don't, I don't, don't matter about what it is, positive, negative, thoughts, wait, ideas, wait. concerns. Yeah, go on the Facebook page. If somebody has an idea of something they want us to talk about, um, we're open. So send us right on our timeline, whatever. Send us a message. Let us know what we should, uh, what we should talk about on the next episode. Hey, maybe you want to be a host. You're a guest, you know, co-host. You want to be a guest on the show? Shout out a message. Tell me your name. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. What do you want to <laughs> do? Like, I was like, who's he talking to? <laughs> <laughs> maybe like a, a celebrity co-host when Maria's at work. Yeah. yeah. No, I want to be here. I want to be here for it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks again, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Right. Bye. 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 Bye.